Well, good evening. I'm Rick Dancer. Welcome to Get Real with Rick Dancer. I'm excited tonight because this is a story that's really hard to tell. And it's affecting a ton of people in Southern Oregon. And I know, little did you know, that there are things that go on in Oregon and other places besides the Willamette Valley. Yeah, there's a whole big state out there where 800,000 people live and get very little attention for being there. And you guys know I am pro-rural Oregon. And, um, and, and tonight we're going to be talking to some folks down in the Klamath Basin. They've been going, I remember as a news guy covering these stories, and we actually had an environmental reporter who took them on most of the time because it's so complex. And we will not even graze the surface of this in our 30 minute show here tonight, but we're going to introduce you to it because there's a, a ton of stuff going on right now. And I'm going to also put up right now a video. Um, I'm not going to put it up, but I'm going to stick it in a link right here on the screen. That's a link you can go to, to a really well produced video that is very fair talking about from the tribe standpoint, about the fish standpoint, from the farmer standpoint. So you're going to see all the different players involved. But instead of, I want to real quickly mention our sponsors. So our main sponsor is Chris Dental Family Dentistry. And you guys know Dr. Bratlin. Um, he's the one who's on the billboard with me, um, backing the blue. Uh, he's not afraid to, to touch tough issues and uh, he's not afraid to help you with your dental needs as well, but he's very outspoken and we love having him as one of our clients. Our other client tonight who's a co-sponsor is New Leaf Hyperbarics and Wellness. Um, Matt McCarl uh, loves to talk about stories, loves to have this kind of thing put out there so that we as Oregonians um, are not just trusting our politicians to do something about it, but we're actually, we talk a lot on our shows about community and being involved and loving thy neighbor and all that, that all's action. So you can't just watch my shows and then turn around and go, okay, I feel bad, now I gotta move on. Uh, we don't work that way. It's, it's an action word. Love is an action word, you have to do something. Uh, compassion is an action word, not feeling sorry. Um, community is an action word, you have to be involved. And in this video, you're gonna see how involved farmers got uh, when they had a rally, it was so cool. And uh, you'll see that as well. So I'm going to bring on Scott real quick here. Scott, go ahead, introduce yourself, my man, and tell him what you do. All right. Thanks. Thanks for having me here, Rick. Uh, my name is Scott Soyce. I'm a third generation farmer down in Tule Lake, which is the California portion of the Klamath Reclamation Project. We're down around the California Oregon border. Um, we have we live within three counties or farm within three counties here: Klamath, Modoc, and Siskiyou counties. And um, yeah, I'm happy to be here. Looking forward to this. So, so Scott, tell people what, what the problem is right now. Is it drought or is, it, is that just combined? That's just on top of everything else going on. We are certainly in a drought um, and, and it's, a, it's a historic drought. There's no doubt about it. Um, our watershed here is several million acres that all comes together and, and puts water into Upper Klamath Lake. And, and so we've got two things going on. We've got a historic drought. We are coupling that with a drought that, that uh, we had in the 2020 season. But we also have um, three biolog or two biological opinions that are complicating our water issues and um, to take water that should be delivered to farms, a stored water, right? And it's shipping it down the Klamath River in what are unnatural flows. So that... That's creating. Uh, we've got a we've got a mess here, and it's it involves not just farmers, not just the community, but it also involves wildlife refuges that are part of our part of our landscape here. 
Um, we live in an ecosystem and farms are part of that ecosystem and, and the species. We've got 430 species that live here with us and they're pretty critical to um, to the enjoyment of living here. And we are dewatering the Klamath Basin. Not we, but the, the government agencies are dewatering the, the Klamath Basin and sending all that water down the Klamath River and, and our farms are going dry. So in that video, I never really understood, which I think people should really watch this. I didn't understand back in the, you'll have to, you'll clear out the dates. I didn't write down the dates, but back in the day you created this project. So the water to get the water all the way down. So it would kind of flow evenly to all the different people and dams were put up and the dams are also part of the controversy for some people. Um, but that system is really integral and that that's not being, Talk about that, the project. So the project was was designed, the conception of it, it started in that 1905 that, that, that it began. And the U.S. government came in. This is where I live, where my house, my office I'm sitting in right now would have been under 20 feet of water. And that was part of the historic Tule Lake. And so the first part of that was dewatering it by, by building storage, which is the upper Klamath Lake. They, they raised that reservoir above what was Keno Reef which was the natural sill of that lake. When this whole area would fill with water and it would back up to that sill, then, then it would spill over the top of that sill. And that was the water that flowed down the Klamath River. And so when I talk about unnatural and, and not historic flow, that's what I'm talking about now is we are exceeding what would have gone a year like this and this kind of drought, there would have been no water down that would have gone down the Klamath River. So they dried up this area and this was part of the Reclamation Act and Tule Lake, um, where I live, my grandfather in 1946 came down, put his name in a pickle jar. He was a World War II veteran and he put his name in a pickle jar, got drawn, walked up to a map, stuck a pen on and I'm, I'm sitting where the pen landed, right? This is, this is home for my family. My dad was a month old when they moved down here in 1947 and, and we are still farming in the same spot. It's a 93% efficient irrigation system. And what I'm, what makes it so unique is the water comes down the upper basin. It, it flows down the ditches and a farmer will apply water. And there's no such thing as a deep percolation loss because all of the water that would be otherwise considered tailwater is recaptured, pumped up and utilized by another irrigator. And that happens seven times from the point where it first has contact with a farm until it actually leaves the project and in between our farms and going back to the Klamath River, it goes through two national wildlife refuges, the two national wildlife refuge and the Klamath lower Klamath national wildlife refuge. Both of those are dry this year, not a drop of water in them. So t talk about this fight over science because the, the way the, 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 wasn't there a lawsuit and the, the, the native tribes from the area got first water rights because they were the first people there. Um, and how does that all play into the science of what's going on here? So ultimately the water here has been adjudicated and, and 2001 was the first year that we had a water shut off and, the, and that was the George Bush, um, that was during his administration. Um, during the Clinton years, they, they they managed to put two biological opinions on us, one of them in 1992, the other in 1997. 
sucker fish in Upper Klamath Lake, which is the Lost River short nose um, sucker, and and then the coho salmon in Klamath River. And so in 2001, things came to a head when those two biological opinions demanded more water to be stored in Upper Klamath Lake and to go down the Klamath River at the same time than what could ever possibly come into the system. So in spite of having storage built by farms that, that exceeded the amount of water that was there, it, it's pretty amazing to think about how much water um, was actually here. And they were trying to spread it between these two species and forsaken all the other species, including people in the community that were here. That was in 2001. Farmers rioted. We, not, I shouldn't say rioted. We protested. We had a, a head gauge crew that camped out on on the on the a canal head gates which enters the water into the project um and it, it made national news it was the first time anything like this had ever happened the bucket brigade was huge um lots and lots of political i mean greg walden cut his teeth in politics um as a congressman here in the climate basin in 2001 was was kind of the crux of that we're so now go ahead, go ahead i'm sorry no go ahead scott well we, we, we went from that to four or five years of trying to heal and, and dealing with a relicensing of dams on the Klamath River, which ultimately led us to a, a, a overall fix that was called KDRA, which was supposed to deal with all the needs of the tribes, and it was supposed to deal with the needs of the farmers and the needs of the refuge, and all the NGOs and all the government agencies and the two states and the three counties and more than that, more than three counties, because it went all the way down the Klamath River Basin and, and everybody came together um, into an agreement. And ultimately that agreement failed because Congress failed to act on it. What has come forth from that agreement was that the dams are coming out of the Klamath River. And we're talking about JC Boyle, Copco 1, Copco 2, and Iron Gate, which are the four dams on the Klamath River. The two that will remain is the Link River Dam and the Keno dam which was where the Keno reef was that that controls the water for the irrigation project but uh, ultimately it's it's a pretty devastating thing to have not been part of that, that deal in 2023 those dams will start coming out of the river and here we are as irrigators um still still being still being punished so you guys have all agreed that the the three dams are coming it should come out and but there was a the, the, but the part the the plan didn't get approved by Congress. It just laid there. So that, that's, that's right. And, yep. and that's was, what's the problem this year is that now the water's so low, you've been cutting it back 83% or what is it? We, we will not take any surface water this year out of Upper Klamath Lake. There is, there is a zero allocation for the project. The only people that are getting water out of the, out of the project right now are essentially the downstream tribal interest. And, and that is part of their, um, that's for the coho salmon under the, um, the biological opinion that was put through by the Trump administration. And it's the, the truth of the matter is, is we're pouring hot water down the Klamath River so hot that um, the smolt that they wanted. There were just articles last week about all the smolt that are in the hatchery that they do not want to put in the river because they'll kill them. The reason the water is so hot is because. The water that's being stored in Up Klamath Lake is is a hot bathtub, and they're overwhelming the natural accretions that come in to the Klamath River from the Scott, the Shasta, Spencer Creek, a whole host of, of, of little um, tributaries that come into the Klamath River that keep that water cold. 
we're overwhelming that with hot water. And because of that, they're afraid that they'll kill the smoke. And they will. They will kill the smoke if they put them into that water. The science doesn't make the science doesn't make sense. It does not support the rationale of, of what's actually happening right now. So when you guys talk with the tribes, because um, you know, and I'd love to have them on sometime too, just to talk with them. I, and, and and if anybody wants to hear from the tribes position, the video that I put up at the top, super well done. And they they're talking about, you know, that they want those fisheries restored and it's killing the fish and that sort of thing is that's that's because that's what they really need the water for right someone asked on here what does the tribe need the water for and that's to protect the fish and their lifestyle is that right um i don't know you know if you're talking about the downstream tribes yes it's it's their lifestyle the uh in the upper basin the klamath tribes for them it's a ceremonial fish um they you know they have cultural values there that that we have laws that are supposed to to recognize that and and to, to to deal with those cultural issues that that they lost through through being forced onto reservations and things like that. This ultimately is um, about the science to try to keep those sucker fish alive. But at one time, I mean, people literally it was a snag a snag fishery where they would actually snag these sucker fish and pull them out because there were so many of them that that they were a nuisance fish. And now, man, if we could have every one of those, those uh, fish back, it would be, it would save us a lot of heartache here because um, we're, we're ultimately being looked at as the whipping post to try to bring those fisheries back into, into balance. So somebody's asking, but what about the farmers who need the water for the, for crops that are feeding people too? I mean, all the, all the people that we're feeding. It, it, it's a frustrating thing. I mean, it's not just the farmers that, that need that water. It's also the the other the species that live in this ecosystem, and, it, and it's the wildlife refuges. I mean, we're uh, we are right now dealing 100% with well water. Lower Klamath National Wildlife Refuge will get no no water whatsoever. Two Lake National Wildlife Refuge, I'm I'm personally pumping water into the refuge to try to keep someone be with some going in, but we are being overwhelmed with the, with the evaporation. And eventually we could be looking at 50 to 60,000 ducks die here from a, from botulism. But the farmers themselves, <clears throat> we're, we're using well water, we're drying up. Um, you know, we've got dried fields all over the place down here this year. Um, we are the crown jewel of the Pacific Flyway. And part of that is because we raise cereal, cereal grains and potatoes and onions and garlic and peppermint and spearmint here, they come here to, to, to get refueled before they go down into the Sacramento Valley, and there's not going to be anything for here for them to feed off of because, quite honestly, people are doing what they can to keep their perennial crops like alfalfa and their row crops like potatoes and onions and the things that are cash crops. Um, they're trying to keep those alive. Well, and isn't that part of the problem, Scott, that a lot of you guys you you banked on this you took out your money from the banks and you you got your crops out there and then you you know expecting mother nature to do her hundred year plan and keep you know doing what she normally has done and then with this year you guys got caught with your you know as my mom a farm kid used to say your kit in a ringer and now you're you're you've already got that stuff invested planted and you're you know you got people going broke you know, we, we knew that we had a problem just face when we were looking at the winter. 
Um, and the amount of water that was coming into the basin was, you know, we weren't getting the snowpack, we weren't getting the rainfall. We knew we were going to have a problem. People, um, people have done the best that they can with the very limited resource of groundwater that we have. We were originally told 33,000 acre feet of water for the project. That seemed like something, but it wasn't near enough. Normally we would be a, a year like this, we would be 500,000 acre feet of water to fully irrigate the project and take care of the refuges. Under the KBRA agreement that Congress failed to act on, that would have been 330,000 acre feet of water for farms and 100,000 acre feet for the refuges. When we say we're out of balance, the fact that we have absolutely zero when we went into an agreement that said this this amount of water satisfies the tribes and satisfies the fisheries and satisfies the the refuges, everything was agreed upon in those in those numbers and and the fact that we have absolutely zero here for farms and for refuges this year is criminal and and it is going to have we will be generational farms that will 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 blow away in the dust uh jason greenbud is asking where does the water from the lithium mine at thacker pass come from it takes a lot of water to lithium mine you know i i can't speak to that i'm not familiar with it at all it's not something i'm at all familiar with okay that's fine we just got a lot of people with different interests and asking different questions sure. so so what what when um when you go to what do you do at this point i mean how do you do you guys feel like and, and i'm not trying to take a, a side at all it just feels like you you're, you're kind of can't i mean the the narrative is against you because um you know it, it, the tribes were here first um, and then you've got fish, which I think people just hear fish and you're saying these are sucker fish. And while they're important to the tribe, they, they're, they may not be as important to the fishery or, or am I saying that right? I, I'm not that afraid to get my tit in a ringer anymore. I'm just trying to have a conversation and I'm asking questions. You know what I mean? Is it a, it says sucker fish. I think I've always heard that's not a great fish, but it has some religious connotations for the tribe. I'm guessing. So then you're kind of at, you can't really fight that. Um, and you, you're kind of like loggers in Oregon, aren't you? Well, we are. You know, if, if we've got a fault in all of this, it's that we didn't take the spotted owl as seriously as the loggers did. And, you know, that's frustrating at this point. And if I, if I, when we talk to people from other areas, that's what I encourage them is, is spend the time, go to meetings, you know, Get involved early because we didn't take the spotted owl seriously, and here we are, you know, 20 years down the road from 2001, and we watched the loggers fall apart in the early 90s. And and this is Klamath Falls is a natural resource area, and and Endangered Species Act has done a lot to uh, dismantle our community. And and um, there's nothing, you know, at the end of the day, the Endangered Species Act trumps all, and that's what. That's what they keep shoving down our throat. And we have a stored water right in Upper Klamath Lake. And, you know, a judge can rule on that and say, you've got a stored water, right? Yep, that's true. But you still have an EA, that, uh, an endangered species that you have to deal with. And and that's been the heartache. When you I talk remember. About, go, ahead. go ahead. Well, when you talk about sucker fish and the ceremonial, ceremonial value and the cultural value and all that, like, I get it. I, I don't grudge them a bit for what they value right but balance balance is about also understanding that i've got a 14 year old son i'm the third generation on this farm my grandfather 
put his blood, sweat, and tears into this to build it. My dad built it that to what it was when I took over. And, and I want the opportunity to pass that on to my son and my daughter, my two daughters. And, and they, they all show interest in coming back here to farm. And we're losing generations of farmers because this is overwhelming. And this consumes 100% of our lives. I used to go fishing with my dad. And that's how we spent our summers was taken off for a day or two in the middle of the week and go do something fun. We don't do that anymore. We spend 100% of our time fighting for the ability to pass this lifestyle on to my kids and give them the generation. And I've got that responsibility because I owe it to my dad and my grandfather, and I owe it to my kids to, to make sure this is still there for them. What's kind of sad about it is you're really trying to do the same thing the tribes are trying to do is pass on traditions. And because Congress didn't fail to act, there's, there's no meat to the, to what happens. So you come up with an agreement so that the white man and the tribe can both do the same thing because they're both been here, you, you know, and, and while one was here historically longer, we're still, I think what we kind of forget in our culture today, there's still, you know, 150, 200 years of, of history here too. And at some point we have to put that together and compromise and, and, and I think the problem that always ends up happening, I see this in the timber industries too, is the Willamette Valley, all the way from Portland down, people who have no idea how their food is grown, uh, not all of them, but a good portion, have no idea. They hear fish, tribes, dams, water, bad, here's my side, rather than really looking at the whole thing, which is why I encourage people to go look at that video to hear the, the both sides of this whole issue. Because I think Oregonians, I knew this in the news business, and this is why I get myself in trouble, because <laughs> I cannot help it. I had a client come, you know, Rick, you need to just be kind of really helping everybody like this. And I'm going, you know what though? I need to straighten out the message because there is this message that comes out in Oregon and, and we're not doing our homework. We're not looking at the big pictures of things. I talked to a cattle rancher in Rome, Oregon in 2005 and environmental community had just come in and told them after 200 years of her family watering cows out of the Oahe River, they had to fence it off. They never talked about all the man-made streams and uh, lakes that they made for wildlife and their cattle out in the desert and how they kept those going. No one said anything about that. And then she goes to Portland to fight the court decision. And she said, I stood on the banks of the Willamette River and looked 30 miles in each direction and when a river encased in concrete and pollution and said, and you're gonna come to my town and tell me how to manage my river. And it was the most profound thing that really changed the way I looked at it because um, I think, and you guys are at an uphill battle. I mean, it's, it's the, the narrative is against you. It, it is. And it's frustrating. I mean, if you had ever been, um, if you've not been to the Klamath Basin, you should come and see, and you understand why we, why this is the Everglades of the West. And, and if you come here and you, you, you see the volcanic mountains around us and you can see Mount Shasta in the distance and you've got wildlife everywhere, it's a, it's a great place. And when you have when you have green in it because you are irrigating it, it's a fantastic place. It's growing a great, safe domestic food supply, and it's sustainable. And it's it's the place where people go to get things that they can't get other places because we can do it here so well. And and the reality is is that we've thrown all that away. And and you're right. We got to come back together and find the balance in this. And the balance is the story of balance is not just 
the farms and the Indians. It's not just the refuges and the, and the farmland. It's not just, right. it's the whole picture. It's an ecosystem. And if you truly believe in the Endangered Species Act and you feel like the Endangered Species Act is an important thing to, to uphold, understand that that act is also destroying a lot of other things, not just people, not just communities, but but all the other species that it's dewatering so that it can send all that water down the river in a condition that normally and naturally would not have ever had water in. And I think people sometimes forget that, you know, um, and I, I take this, I'm not as much understanding of farming yet, but I will get there. But it's like, that is your land. I mean, you, you do care about it. <laughs> You're not just using it to, to get a crop. You have to take care of, it's like, you know, it's like me with my equipment, everything that I use for my stuff, I take really good care of it because it's how I do my job. And yeah. loggers and farmers are kind of like that. Absolutely. That I mean, things that, that mean, the, there, there's a handful of things that mean the world to us. Family above all, for sure. I mean, if you've ever met or been in a farmer's presence, it, it's about family and it's about, it's about our livelihood and our family and our ability to control. God and country. I mean, even in that video, you'll you'll see that we never we never protested and forgot that we were Americans first and the right way to protest. And and so we hope that that came through loud and clear. Um, but then it's the things on our farm that make things work: our, our our soil and our water and our air. We have smoke here today because they're not taking care of the forest like they should. They're not managing them right. And the bootleg fire is thirty miles up the road from me. And I'm living in that haze every day right now, and it sucks. And it's not good for my field. It's not good for my family, and it's not good for the wildlife around us. Plants don't grow well in it. We're just not doing a very good job of understanding what it takes to make things work. And, and it's it becomes far too political, and, and politics are messing this up. If they let it back to where farmers are taking care of the resource because the resource takes care of them, they'd be far further along and the best conservationists in the world are farmers that are not in free fall. And right now we're in free fall. Take care of that, that refuge the way that we want to. We can't take care of the, the brood ducks that are being raised in our ditches. Our ditches are have water in them one day and they're dry the next. So you go from ducklings walking, swimming around to ducklings huddled underneath reed trying to wait for water to show up again. That ditch should have water in it year round. And we're, we're letting politics get in the way of, of more than just farms here. Aren't they, if you really, if you really look at it, politics are really destroying the very thing that we're trying to, to, to hold on to here, which is, let me name a few, the relationship between the tribe and the farmer, the relationship between the community and the tribe and the farmer, the relationship between the water and the re the actual animals that need it, um, and keeping you guys farming, keeping the tribes with the fish coming down so they can have their ceremonies and the things that they need. They're in the middle wedging this whole thing to the wrong direction because they didn't adopt the thing when they should have and given you guys equal power. So you can you get your water and they get the water that they need. It's just it, it drives me crazy. Well, and we'd, we'd like to get back to that point. And it's it ultimately is going to take people coming in and doing something um it's going to take the government getting involved and and saying hey everybody's got to come back to the to the playing field because we had this thing near an agreement we were okay we were we were we were on the cusp of it congress failed to act 
since then the degradate degradation of civility of being able to talk to one another has absolutely blown up and a whole bunch of it happened when when we started with the george floyd stuff and and it's a difference of it's a difference of, of people that knew how to talk to one another as as human beings. These damn these damn phones have ruined ruined the ability for people to talk to one another, and we talk past one another all the time now, and it's well, super frustrating. Well, Scott, you know the whole mission is to conquer, divide and conquer, and I, I think, and I'm not talking about any administration. I'm talking about the way culture works right now. It's if you can divide people and keep them not working together, and you guys were working together. You were trying. I mean, you've been doing this for decades. And you had a plan and who came in, who got in the middle of it, the, the politicians. And what do you need right now? What do you need? People are watching this. And, and what, what is it that you and, um, and the tribes and everybody needs? I mean, just like, you know, we need a push. People, people need, we need people to, we need people to push. We need people to push on, on the situation and say, it's time for an agreement. It's time for the, for, for people to come together and try to um, try to make an agreement that can last the sustainable and, and people to believe in it. And trust me, we've got as much division within agriculture on this, within irrigated ag people that don't want to do that. Now that are just mad and hurt. And quite, quite honestly, they, they don't trust the other side. And, and I can understand that because I'm one of them at times, but we need people to, push and we need them to tell the administration it's time to quit ignoring it. It's time to deal with it. And, and, that's got to come from the public. I mean, it really does. So is how do they get involved with this? How do they get involved in it? Is there a site or a place where they can go and, and uh, you know? If, if you want to be, if you want to follow something that's done tastefully well, the shutdown fed up um, on Facebook and Instagram. Um, we also have shutdownfedup.org. Um, that's a place to go for information from the irrigation perspective, but it's also about community. We, we are about community. We are about long-term solutions. And, and that's what we try to focus on. Klamath Water users, if you're looking for, for technical information and trying to understand. Um, and definitely the, the Facebook page is, is really well done and, and great conversation. And there's a lot of people that follow that from across the United States and around the world, quite honestly. And it's growing, growing um, every day. Do you... You know, I don't know. I think the reason for me that, Scott, that I, I, I'm not afraid to challenge this stuff anymore. When I was a news guy, you couldn't because there was a, you know, there's a, a set tone is I feel like there is a change in in people, um, not all people. I think that the the what I call the erasists, those are the people that try to erase everybody that doesn't agree with them. Um, I think they're losing their message. And I think people other people are starting to go, wait a minute, we got to work together. I'm not anti, I'm not an anti-Republican or, well, I'm actually anti both parties, but you know, that's just me. Um, but, but I'm not as anti anything as I am. I want, I, I want to compromise again. I want to get to a place where two sides have to compromise. It's not somebody gets to win because of some random thing or because, you know, I mean, it, it has to be back to being a more fair way to make decisions. I, I absolutely agree. I mean, it, it is uh, the pendulum. The pendulum swings are getting harder and more ferocious, and and they're dangerous. And they're dangerous for you and for me and for my family. Yep. 
and and they and they are creating opportunity for things to be forgotten and we're already there when it comes to the agriculture and agrarian which people are so far removed from the farms now you know from used to be five six generations ago everybody had a real close tie to a to a farm somehow right but yeah. anymore it's like my great uncle had you know lived on a farm blah 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 it's not the same people are forgetting where their food comes from they're forgetting they got when you and I grew up as little guys, I mean, it was a matter of you go to the store and got strawberries one time of the year or cherries one time of the year or a yep. cantaloupe or whatever. Now you go all year round and, and the things that you enjoy are there and they're taken for granted. And, and we're fast approaching that, especially with California, having California, Oregon, Washington, Idaho, like everybody is having problems in these states right now about sustainability with, with when their crops mostly because of government inter intervention that's turning that water away from from those from those agrarian areas and it, it's going to show up next year in the stores there's no way around it and if we right. thought that not being able to find toilet paper was a problem wait till you don't need toilet paper anymore because you can't eat anything <laughs> are you saying I'll say it for you. <laughs> wait till you can't buy toilet paper you don't need to buy toilet paper because there's nothing to shit because you don't have any That's what you yeah, wanted to say. And you if didn't you say that. You're, yeah. you're a prestigious man. But I'm just some guy with a phone. I'll say it. But I mean, I, I really do think that is an interesting thing is I don't think people think critically about where does that food come from? And yeah. where does, you know, what, so, and when you put regulation, more regulations on stuff, then all of a sudden it gonna, it's going to get more expensive. And then people say, well, I'll pay for that. But when it gets so you can't even get it, then what do you do at that point? So That's we need right. to go back to compromise and working together and getting you and the tribes and um, maybe get the government just the hell out of the way and let you and the tribe sit down and nail down an, arg an agreement and get this thing moving. But you need public support. So people watching this show, again, as I said at the beginning, you know, we're all Oregonians and we'll take Scott because he's in the Klamath Basin, even though he's really a Californian. And we're, but he's not moving to Oregon. So, right. gonna, you know how you guys used to always have the reputation of Californicating everything? Right. Well, now, now when you go to Montana, they say, don't Oregonize, don't Oregonize Montana. And Idaho <laughs> says the same thing. So we need to get it back to being representative of all people, not just the people who live in the major population and, and, and get the information from them and you, because that's how we can make some change. Um, yeah, and, so I, and Rick, Rick, I don't want to, I don't want it to go too far away from the idea that you don't need government because you do, but you I need agree. good governance. You need good governance. And, and we don't have that right now because it's so politically charged down, down lines and expectations. And the other thing is, is part of the public can be part of the public's role can be calling out bad actors because there's bad actors on both sides of this thing, and, oh, and the far left is as much a problem for me as the far right is. And uh, oh, I, I totally agree with you. It's like this is not. I mean, people want to go. You know, Rick, you're being right wing or something. Um, there are two wings on this bird that are driving us the wrong direction. There's a left wing and a right wing, and the problem is the major part of the body of that bird is the middle. And those are people to the little bit to the left and a little bit to the right, and we can all work together. So maybe we need to be a crawling species rather than trying to fly because the wings are getting us in trouble. And yes, you had, a, you had a plan worked out with the government 
And it, it, so you all worked together and came up with a plan and then they left it hanging there uh, over politics, not the government. Yeah. So my friend, I would love to have you back on sometime and um, anything you can send our way. Um, I liked your page, so I should get more information, but this is such a complicated issue, but I think you made it really easy for people to understand at least parts of it. Cause you guys, when you start really going down the rabbit hole, um, you know, your brain starts to freeze. And I think that's one of the problems is we live in a culture that makes everything so easy to easily digest. So now it's fish against farmers. It's this against this. When really there's, it all worked together. It's, it's when things come in and are pushing us to work together and allowing us to, to be one people, you know? That's right. Part of a well-balanced well meal is salmon and potatoes on the same plate. And we can have that again if we just get down to the, get down to letting letting this thing sort itself out and and disregard the radicals that, that pull it one way or the other and because i think the balance is important it's not just important for me and my family but it's important for it's important also for the tribal people and it's important for for the uh, the ecosystem and the and the species that live here with us yeah because what i also loved to while watching that video is you guys already you've already agreed to, that some dams need to come out so there's there's compromises happened you know, I mean, it, 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 there, there's compromise in the in the planning, but then it just got all war when, when the government let it let it hang there. Then it, that's where it got into trouble. And yeah. so you have given and the tribe has given. Um, and but now it's making you guys it's pitting you against each other. And that just is not fair. And it's really not what any of you want. I don't think. I, I don't think so either. I think at the end of the day, I mean, it, it's a it's not easy. And it's not going to be um, without a lot of pain for for everybody, right. but at, at some point we can get there and we can get to some something that's sustainable for our communities. Scott, thank you so much for taking your time to do that. I really appreciate it. Um, and I'm going to let people kind of find that video. I'll show it to them again and let them kind of find that and go look at it and see more, get a little more educated on what they did. Okay. Well, I, I appreciate it. Thank you for giving me an opportunity to, to talk about this and, and to, to have unfiltered words. It's it's hard a lot of times that the media will take our, our statements and make it what they want. And um, so I appreciate to have the unfiltered ability to say what needs to be said here. Yeah. Oh, and, and that's what we do. And it's it's offensive to those who like the filtered messages, but to everybody else, it's like, we just want, and that's what, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to stereotype you, but my my guy, my family were ranchers my, on my mom's side. That's what farmers do naturally. You just say it like it is, and loggers are the same way, which is what I love about both, you know, that, that rural Oregon spirit. It's like if you didn't come here for the truth, then you might want to turn around and walk the other direction because you yeah. will get it. <laughs> yeah. We don't have time we don't have time to beat around the bush. So that's right. Yeah. We got a you got a farm yeah. to grow. Yeah. <laughs> All right, buddy. Keep in touch with me, please, okay? Absolutely. Thanks again, Rick. And thanks to sure. your viewers for paying attention. You are welcome. You are welcome. All right, you guys, there you go. So that's how it works, man. Um, rubber hits the road. And, and I want to thank all the people who come on here because there's been a dozen of you who've come on. I got this story because some of you told me about this and said, this is going on in the Klamath Basin. We're not just about the Willamette Valley. And I love that you're involved and you're concerned for people. And, um, but you've also been saying, thank you for covering these things. And I think, you know, um, that we, we have to, we have to cover the stories that the regular media isn't going to cover or, or sprays, um, 
because it's too hard to understand. Instead, you just take 30 minutes. I know that's like a lifetime and allow somebody to tell you what they're thinking. And it's amazing what you can learn. Maybe um, maybe the news industry needs to learn how to do that. Just start listening rather than trying to formulate a narrative. God, what an idea. God, Rick, you ought to, you ought to be president. <laughs> Hey, you guys, have a good night. Oh, tomorrow, I have a cool story. Um, um, a woman called me here locally, and they are former inmates in prison who are working with other women in prison and using art to teach them while they're in prison to create things to help when they get on the outside. And we're going to find out how all that works. I know it's a little ooey, but I, I think you're going to really enjoy it because these two ladies that I've been talking to are just amazing. And they really have a heart to try to get these people out. And, and the hardest thing with all my friends who are felons and, and recently released from prison um, is getting reintegrated back into culture. And so using culture like art to do that, pretty fascinating idea. And then on Thursday, we'll be with the Blue Valley Bistro out in Coburg. They have some live music this week. Um, also, hey, guys, Mather's Store. Um, um, I don't have everything sitting in front of me because I wasn't going to do this tonight. But Mather's Store is moving into racing fuel. And the company providing that fuel uh, is doing a big thing on 11 o'clock to 4 o'clock on Thursday. And we're, I think she's going to come on tomorrow night and kind of give you a little spray about that. But, I mean, that's kind of cool. little Mather's Store racing fuel. I don't know why, but that's why we'll ask the question and find out. And then on Friday, um, we're going to be at the Emporium at Veneta. Uh, talking with local crafters, makers, and artisans who are selling things that you will not find anywhere else. So we cover everything. All right. So have a great night. And please share this on your page because you never know when somebody might come on and go, oh, God. And then they learn something from that. And then please go back and look at the video that I posted at the very beginning in the comment section. Um, it's well worth It's 26 minutes and 47 seconds. You have 24 26 minutes in your life that you can use not watching some stupid ass show on television and you can actually educate yourself about fellow human beings who are really struggling. It's about the natives and it's also about the farmers and the agricultural industry. So you will really, really super enjoy it. There you go. All right. And somebody asked when you were coming back to Lakeview, tell your chamber to have us come down and do some stuff. We would love to come back to Lakeview and uh, show everybody what a great place you are, but they have to invite us. All right. See you later. Have a good day.